0: It's Paul Scott here, UK small caps investor, commentator and writer of the Stockopedia Small Cap Value Reports with Graham Neary, where every weekday we go through the list of trading updates and results statements for UK companies listed between Uh, market caps of 10 million at the bottom end and 1 billion on the upper end. Would you believe it? I've just updated my spreadsheet. In the last 12, no, actually in the last nine months, year to date, calendar year to date, Graham and I have covered 573 unique companies, some of them several, three or four times as well, if they've put out... Uh, you know, updates. We can't cover everything, but I think you'll agree 573 companies is pretty damned impressive. So there's something in there for some for, for everyone. Uh, we don't cover certain sectors like the natural resources sector. We don't do insurance companies. We don't do biotech. Um, And, you know, the really, really speculative sort of zero revenue type things we usually just gloss over because a value focused report can't really say anything, can they, about a company where the market cap is entirely based on future hopes. Um, So that's the outline of who I am and what I'm doing. So now this is episode 38 of the current year. I'm, I'm still a week behind because I've been unwell. I've had COVID for the last two weeks. It's almost completely cleared up now nowhere near as bad as the first wave but it sort of comes in in phases it starts off with a really really sore throat um, and then it sort of changes every couple of days so you get um, you get a mild fever I would say it wasn't too bad it knocked me out for two days which happened to be a Saturday and Sunday so it didn't affect my work at all I, I just carried on working doing the stockopedia reports every day um, then um, you know lethargy really and just a mild fever with the, with the Only symptoms after that. Then it moves to a chesty cough and a lot of coughing and phlegm and things and then it just sort of gradually clears up. So it's nowhere near as bad as it was. So no, not really a major drama. But it was quite interesting because the reader comments on the 18th. Oh yes, so I'm covering, in this podcast, I'm covering 18th, to 22nd of September and then what I'll do is I'll get up to date with another podcast tomorrow on Sunday the 1st of October so I'm recording this, sorry to confuse you on Saturday the 30th of September I'm still in Gozo I've just moved Airbnb today actually from somewhere right in the touristy centre of capital, Victoria, which was lovely. I've moved out um, into the suburbs because it's so much cheaper. I'm only paying about £35 a night for a lovely two-bed apartment, very spacious. Um, It's got a couple of balconies and um, aircon in the bedroom, which is nice. Um, So, yeah, so this will be base camp for the next fortnight. I'll just be working out here, really, and then hopefully find a bit of time to do some um, sightseeing and, and hiking as well. With any luck. Anyway, right, let's, without further ado, let's get on to um, the 18th of September 2023. Now, my largest holding, Plexus Holdings, ticker POS, this announced a small announcement on Monday, the 18th of September, saying that the chief executive had. Extended another loan to the company he 's already put in one and a half million in a convertible loan last autumn for uh, you know to help fund the the short term losses it 's an oil services business that has high end wellhead technology which is best in class and that 's not disputed by anybody but there 's just been limited uptake of it over the years they 've been going for many many years plexus have um, it was profitable up to about two thousand and fifteen it was making profits of about five million a year. Um, But then there was a a considerable reduction in the global um, oil and gas exploration side of things, which hit all all oil services companies. Um, As the focus turned to ESG and renewables and so on, drilling for oil went out of fashion. And Plexus being high-end stuff, the company's very open about it. They said that, you know, we were the first into the downturn and probably the last out of it. But they are now coming out of the downturn, and they've got very strong in- industry drivers. So just to recap on Plexus, then this I've said all this before; it's nothing new. So the seven hundred grand loan from the CEO is very helpful. He's really, really super committed and super passionate about the company. Uh, all, all the management are, and uh, I think he's mid seventies now, the CEO, um, but still, you know, really, really passionate about the ecological advantages of this technology, this wellhead technology that Plexus developed many years ago. it uh, And now it's coming into fashion because it stops wellhead methane leaks, you see. And it now transpires that methane leaks from wellheads is a major contributor towards global warming. So it's a big, methane is a big, unburnt methane is a big um, uh, 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 what do you call it? Greenhouse gas. Apparently 25 times stronger than CO2. So This is one of the reasons I like Plexus, because the industry and the regulatory regimes are now moving in its favour, pushing oil companies towards uh, preventing or dealing with wellhead leaks. And as Plexus says, its wellheads, uh, which are patented, high-end stuff... um, they, they actually they 're sealed for the life of the wellhead, so you don 't get you know they say prevention is better than cure so if the industry starts moving in that direction and starts really taking up plexus 's technology belatedly, that could be seriously good for this share so that 's really the main opportunity with plexus and signs that things might be starting to move in their direction came with a recent contract win earlier this year for five million pounds for a special contract a high margin Wellhead rentals um, contract. The, the details are confidential, unfortunately. But then a few months later, I think it was in June, um, Plexus announced that the 5 million contract had been in, enlarged by the client up to 8 million. It is some sort of special contract. I'm not exactly sure what um, area this wellhead rental is going to be used for. But if you look at the SENCOS notes, they book all the revenue in the current financial year, the whole 8 million, June 2024, and it's high margin work. So that makes Plexus actually go from years and years of losses between 3 and 4 million a year to at least a small profit for the current year and cash generative. So. That's, uh, that one contract is, is transformative for the company. And of course, if it now starts winning more contracts, then we're really off to the races. Uh, because despite the fact that the shares have, I think, five-bagged since I mentioned it here only five or six weeks ago, um, it's gone from 5p to 25p. Now, obviously, as it was by far my largest position in my personal portfolio, it's really turbocharged my um my results but you know i'm not i'm not counting my chickens it's it's only you know it's not a profit until you the, you sell any is it um i haven't sold any i've, I've still got um, the same number i originally bought so um you know as i said at the time i'm not in this for a few pence if plexus works this this could be a serious multi-bagger and we've already got a five bagger out of it so that's not bad is it in six weeks um but there's about 100 million shares in issue, so 25 per share. The market cap is still only 25 million, which doesn't seem a lot to me. But I think to really propel it on multiples of the current price would need more contract news. So we're all sitting back and and hoping for continued good new, news flow. The other thing with Plexus is very tightly held, 59% owned by management. Um, <clears throat> great news flow over the last year. But I think that was largely ignored until three or four weeks ago. Maybe me flagging it up to people uh, had some effect. It probably did, realistically. But, you know, what do you expect me to do? Just to, Some people have criticised me and said, oh, you know, you flagged up a, a tiny nano cap and there's been a buying frenzy. It's your fault the share price has gone up fivefold. Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to apologise for flagging an opportunity to the listeners and to the readers. That's my job. That's what I'm meant to be doing. Um, and I think what's interesting about Plexus is a lot of people thought oh, it was just going to be a spike up to 10 or 15B and it'll go back down again. It does have quite violent pullbacks, but it's then finding buyers again. So it's doing that nice stair-step move upwards. And I think, you know, we can all read the R&Ss. We can all uh, take on board all the information. I mean, it's a very, very simple share to understand plexuses. All you have to do is read the last year's RNSs. There's about six of them. Shouldn't take more than a couple of hours. Um, get hold of the Senkos notes. There are two of them on Research Tree. Read those. They're all pretty straightforward. And they give extra color to everything. And, of course, you know, uh, the house broker will have spoken to the FD and, you know, it'll be... Uh, broker notes are really the company's notes for all companies. Um, and then, finally, I would say watch the short CEO videos on Proactive, where uh, Ben van der Bil- uh, talks about... The um, the deal with Schlumberger, which is the next key point. This Schlumberger, of course, is the world's largest oil services business. Very focused on technology, as Paul Hill told me. Uh, 100 billion market cap. Um, now they've licensed Plexus's technology, and they're developing a new range of products that Schlumberger itself will sell globally. Um, now this is really exciting. You know, I mean, the trouble is we don't know the size of the deal, you know, the licensing revenues are, uh, so far are, are negligible, If checking the annual reports for Plexus. But, um, you know, once the products have been launched, and apparently they're fairly close to launch, uh, Ben, the CEO in Plexus, has said in, on record in videos that the Schlumberger deal is going well, that they're very happy with the testing of the technology, and they've also extended it by another six years, which, again, is all validation of Plexus's IP. And um, I don't know. We'll just—I don't—I don't know what the financial impact of the Schlumberger deal will be. We'll just have to wait and see. But I would put it to you that they—they wouldn't be wasting their time and resources on developing a range of products to sell globally, globally, unless you know they saw um, good business to be had. I think uh, Plexus said that the royalties. That it will receive when the products start to be sold are between three and six percent. Uh, so I've got no idea what the um, what the quantum of that will be in terms of finances. We'll just have to wait and see. So that is a quick update on Plexus. So no material new news from it, just the, the additional 700k from the CEO, which had some sort of strange option agreement in it, whereby he could opt to be paid back in shares of an associate company investment that plexus had there was some criticism of that on the bulletin boards um saying that he was cherry picking or asset stripping the business but um look if it gets us to where we want to go with the company i don't really have a problem with that so the um the potential also for north sea growth this new oil field that's just been announced in the north sea the hope is obviously that plexus could get a slice of that um, because that's where it's been most active in the past, in the North Sea. And it knows the North Sea inside out. The, a lot of the staff at Plexus are very, very long-serving, and they were involved with the you know, establishment and maintenance of many, many uh, North Sea oil fields. So they've got tremendous know-how and expertise, I think. Um, they've also got big opportunities for North Sea decommissioning as well. So I think Plexus' time has, has maybe come. Uh, That's the optimistic side. We've always got to be balanced and mention the negatives. So the downside risks are fairly obvious. It probably needs another fundraise, but management don't want to dilute themselves. So they're resistant to issuing fresh equity generally. Uh, But there was the convertible loan deal. But now the share price has gone up a lot. The dilution from the convertible loan would be uh, a lot less So that's less of a worry. I was worried about delisting as well, but I quizzed management about that when I spoke to them. And they were raving about the listing. They said the moment they became an aim-listed company, it was transformative for the business. And it led to um, them being taken so much more seriously by big oil majors. You know, um, you just mentioned that you're you're listed on the London stock market and the, the big customers perceive that you're, you know, you're, you're, you're the, the bee's knees type of thing and they don't get asked for you know, uh, guarantees or anything like that anymore, they've never been asked for any sort of guaranteed type arrangements since they listed on the stock market so the, um, they're basically raving about the stock market listing saying it's the best thing they ever did and you know they're very much committed to it so I would say delisting risk is low with Plexus I certainly hope so and if they would have done it and would have taken it private they would have done it when it was 2p a share wouldn't they? Now that we're up to 20, and they didn't, now that it's up to 24p per share. So I think management are pretty committed, to, very committed to the listing, and I think they're committed to supporting small shareholders as well. Um, that came through from the Convertible Loan uh, R&S, have a read of that, where they commit to allowing um, small shareholders to match the management placing so that we can not get diluted as well, which I thought was very good. Uh, The other main risk is obviously single contract risk, isn't it? With this 8 million contract, that's so material. So execution risk on that big contract is key, I think. Okay, um, so best technology, but limited uptake so far. But um, hopefully the new regulations um, that have started to come in about controlling methane could start to work in Plexus' favour. So I remain bullish on it, but I do obviously point out that it's highly speculative. And there's quite a lot of trade going through, even though it's a very small free flow. There's a, there's a good amount of volume in two-way business going through every day on bottom plexus. So there seem to be lots of people interested. And I have noticed there's obviously large buy orders being worked in the background. There's some days when you look at all the trades, it's constant uh, retail selling, but the share price holds firm, well, which is telling you very obviously there's a buy order in the background being filled. I haven't seen any RNSs out, but expect to see um, at least one holding in company RNSs from Plexus, and it won't be from me because I'm I'm at just over I'm at 2.2% of the company, so I've got a lot of money tied up in this, about half a million quid, and um, which is a lot of money to me, I can tell you. Um, But I haven't got enough cash to buy anymore. It's really, uh, it's almost, you know, my portfolio, everything else in my portfolio is a sideshow. It's really a, a plexus portfolio at the moment, which so far is going great. So fingers crossed, it continues. Time will tell. So that's an update on Plexus. Not really much news, it's more of a summary. Moving on to the other companies we covered on Monday 18th of September. We looked at Sir Martin Sorrell's thing, S4 Capital. Ticker is Sierra Foxtrot Oscar Romeo, S-F-O-R. Now, I don't like this. We've been ringing alarm bells about S4 Capital for over a year now. Um, Anyway, uh, it's dropped again very sharply. Very confusing accounts, I think. Um, huge amounts of adjustments, so it doesn't produce a statutory profit. You only get an adjusted profit after massive adjustments. It doesn't generate any cash, and it's got too much borrowing, too much gearing. And also, if you look at the balance sheet from these interims, it's got a £111 million pounds in deferred cons- consideration payments within current liabilities. So that's going to lead to it having very substantial debt at the same time as trading is deteriorating. So uh, we think S4 is really wobbly, actually. I wouldn't go near it. I think maybe Sir Martin is an old man in in a hurry. I've mentioned this before. I don't mean that in a demeaning way, but he left WPP under a cloud. I was just Googling that, and you can find out there are articles dating back about five years where allegations were made against him for bullying staff. That's difficult because, you know... (sighs) What, where where's the line between bullying and being just a robust manager it's very difficult isn 't it and also there were there were some other slightly seedy allegations i don 't think anything was ever proved but anyway there's there 's a guardian article that touches on it, um, which anyone can look at so I think he then set up s four Capital as a sort of revenge type vehicle, arguably, and I think he 's just rushed into too many acquisitions, maybe overpaid for them. And now he's got a, a, a nasty geared balance sheet just going into a downturn in advertising. So, I mean, I'm sure it'll survive, but I just I wouldn't want to to gamble on the equity for S4. And it's not cheap, it's still worth hundreds of millions, which, frankly, for a very dubious company that doesn't really generate any cash, I think it's still expensive. Right. Graham looked at BP Marsh, ticker BPM. He quite likes that one. Um... Pendragon. Now, this we had a a series of announcements uh, this week and last week. Um, The car dealership, it shot up 28%, 24p, on news from the company itself that it's agreed to sell its core business to an American car dealer chain called Lithia, uh, pay out a 16p dividend from the proceeds, and then remain listed as a pure play software business because of course Pendragon has a software business um, called Pinewood Tech Technologies which is sort of within the group which looks a nice business actually I looked at company's house and had a look at its accounts and yeah it looks a good business whether the owners of a 330 odd million 400 million odd car dealer would really want to then have shares in a 90 or 100 million software company I doubt and I'm I'm a bit worried that Pendragon's deal may be selling off the core business too cheaply. But anyway, we've got further news on Pendragon um, later that week and this week. So stay tuned for that. It looks very interesting. I'm kicking myself for selling that one. I sold it about 18p. Um, uh, and it's since gone up to about 32p so but I'm glad that I spotted the opportunity when I did at 16 pence. so it was a good buy and I flagged that up to the readers so hopefully some of you bought them and doubled your money Uh, and the only reason I sold Pendragon anyway was because I wanted to put more money into Plexus and Plexus has five bagged on me so actually it was a good decision Uh, next I looked at Christie, oh no I think Graham did this is the um it's got various divisions, it does valuing of commercial, and sale of commercial properties, especially in the hospitality sector it does, a, it's got a stock checking business uh, for retailers and various other bits and pieces we've never really seen much of an attraction in Christie, I have to say and it's had a series of poor announcements this year, so it's dropped down to £1.4p, £28 million. interims, it was actually loss making in H1, um macro factors stored transactions is probably the quick version we think it might recover we think it's fundamentally an okay business but i think it's becoming increasingly obvious it doesn't really have a lot of visibility over trading so we just can't get excited about christy although you know it's not bad it's just not exciting enough to make us want to buy well it's not exciting at all then finally on Monday 18th of September I looked at TPX Impact now I've been very bearish on this in the past Red because I thought it it looked like it could even go bust it's had to have covenant waves from the bank anyway things have really improved it suddenly pulled out something out of the hat it sold its Bulgarian subsidiary I didn't even know it had a Bulgarian subsidiary sold it for 7.5 million quid now that's material and that significantly reduces its bank debt, so I think that's really good news. So on TPX impact, I've moved up from red to amber red. So I think it's not out of the woods yet, but um, much much lower risk than it was. So good to see things improving there. Read comments on Monday. We had a lo- it was like going back to April 2020. We had loads of comments about the vaccines and COVID. Um, everyone uh, uh, dredging up their comments on that. Now, several readers talked about Bango, which they quite liked, which we didn't have time to look at, I'm afraid. Now, Rhomboid, reader, comment of the day from Rhomboid. He spotted an anomaly in the uh, update from Dialight, where it referred to a fundraising, which they hadn't announced. Um... And I think they rushed out an announcement later that day saying what, that they were planning fundraising. Really does look a mess, Dialight does. This is the um, industrial-led lighting thing that was a real go-go share a few years ago, but seems to have struggled ever since. So I'm just not interested in Dialight, I'm afraid. And then what else do we have? Oh, colour blindness. Now, obviously I do a colour coding system on my... ...on my spreadsheet, my Small Cut Value Report Summary spreadsheet, which is bloody useful. I use it myself just to control F, put the ticker in, and it brings up all the comments we've previously made about individual companies. So when I write about anything fresh in the, in the SCVR, I consult my own spreadsheet for our previous notes on it. It saves so much time. So um, hopefully it's useful for you as well. Anyway, uh, some people have said, oh, why did you have to use a colour coding system, Paul? Uh, turns out, according to Google, 1 in 12 men are colourblind. Isn't that amazing? So this is a big issue. I hadn't realised it was any near, anywhere near that many people, particularly men, and it says only 1 in 200 women are colourblind. So um, I'm sorry, really, that I, I used a, a colour-coded system, but I can't really change it now because it's got a year's worth of data in it, unfortunately. Okay, moving on. I'll better speed up, I always say that. Tuesday the 19th of September, uh, Moonpig I looked at, AGM trading update. Uh, this was in li- obviously the online greeting cards business, in line with expectations but not much detail. Um, and my main issue with Moonpig is the balance sheet. Uh, it's very weak. They made a, a, a stupid, I think, acquisition at the height of the market, overpaid for it and wrecked the balance sheet. They took on way too much debt. So you won't get any dividends for the foreseeable future, I don't excuse me, I don't think, as they'll have to prioritise debt reduction. Uh, which is a pity because it's quite a good business. Moonpig is. Anyway, I think I've been red in the past on it, but I'm I've moderated a bit to amber red, so because, and that's flagging up that I've got concerns over the financing side. Otherwise, it would just be amber. I can't, I can't see why. I think also Moonpig's running into growth issues. I, I think they probably peaked in terms of market share. Um, so I wouldn't personally be prepared to pay a growth multiple for the shares. And when you've got Card Factory sitting on a P of about seven, which is trading its socks off, I don't know why on earth you'd pay so much more for Moonpig. Uh, so, Card Factory is the one for me. I do have a small position in it, but again, I, I um, um, you know, I want. I'm restricted at the moment because I've got so much money in Plexus. Anyway, what do we look at it at as well? S3, we like this one still. This is the contracting staffing business. Q3 trading update is is in line. Fees were down a bit on last year, but that's you know as as expected. We think it seems well managed. Uh, results are in line, so yeah, we like S3 still. Uh, obviously, all the staffing companies are struggling a bit at the moment, but we think we think there's good medium-term value in S3. We've gone off Robert Walters, though. That saw, saw a huge drop in its um, profits. So I think S3 is demonstrating, ticker S-T-E-M, I think S3 is demonstrating it's probably got a better business model, actually. Okay, next I looked at Eagle Eye, one of my personal long-term holdings. Finals were slightly ahead of expectations. I think it's a, a, a long-term winner. Eagle Eye. It does the. Um, it's a specialist in retailer loyalty discounting schemes. Quite complicated, which are getting more and more complicated, and starting to use AI. Um, they're gamifying some of them, like Asda. That sets. It's a really good um, loyalty system on Asda. It sets you challenges. Uh, which is driving you to do repeat business or buy particular products or spend more on vegetables or whatever, and you get two or three pounds off. And some of the some of the loyalty rewards are really very good. Actually, I, I like the Asta scheme. I do my main weekly shop at Asta. I think it's a good supermarket. Um, So anyway, Eagle Eye, as does one of their clients, they've got lots of big international retailers as clients. So this is proven stuff. It's profitable now, Eagle Eye is. It's expensive, 165 million market cap. Um, What I don't like about it is is the high valuation, obviously. The PE is very high. And I think management are too greedy. They've got their hands in the till much too often with share options. And I think there's a loyal... There is a stretch target, one of those dreadful, what do you call them, Uh, growth share schemes, which I hate. But it does set really, really stretching targets. You know, they they, they majorly multi-bag the shares and they get a big slug. And they get, you know, actually not an excessive slug of the equity themselves. So look, if they five-bag it, I don't mind management helping themselves to a chunk of the equity. So maybe it's not that bad. It just goes, you know, it just makes them look... Greedy and self serving, though, which I think is how most private investors view management reward schemes pretty uh, dismally. I don't know why the institutions wave them through, Uh, but anyway, XAR, XAR, this is the printheads thing that's got apparently good um, technology. It's previously cleaned up on um, some technology that worked very profitably for a few years. It's sort of next generation printheads are look quite interesting now interim results were in line but graham graham's still quite skeptical on it he's saying the turnaround isn't really showing through in the numbers yet so until it does we uh, we, we need more proof before we can go bullish on czar so both graham and i agree we'll be amber on it for the time being but good luck to the company finally uh, not finally rather <coughs> next i looked at safe style sfe this is the uh, double glazing outfit it dropped 50 percent to only 4.3p um on a profit warning, I think this is in serious trouble. So I really do want to urge readers to uh, keep away from safe style. I think it's almost bust. It's said it needs an emergency fundraise. I think the equity could be worth nothing on SafeStyle or you could end up getting hideously diluted in a, an emergency fundraise. So I'm deploying my barge pole for SafeStyle. I don't think it's a viable business, so be very, very careful. Just stay away from it if you can. because, Or, or if you do, decide to gamble on it. That's you, it's your money, your choice. But just be aware that you are really risking a 100% loss with safe style, If you go through all the numbers and read the most recent update, it's it's running out of cash rapidly. Underlying loss of £10 million expected for this year, which is going to take it into significant net debt. So the bank's not going to be happy about that. Banks don't lend to cover losses. Anyone who's been in business knows that. Um, they're risk averse, because if you're only charging 1% or 2% interest margin one client goes bust, and that wipes out the profits from 50 of your other clients. That's how the banks see it. I remember a bank manager telling me that face-to-face as to why he was getting nervous about the business where I was an FD in the 1990s at the time. Uh, next, I looked at North Coders. This is hopeless. It dropped 33% to pound thirty. only 10 million market cap, interims and a profit warning for H2. It's just too small to be listed. It does training for uh, IT coding but customers are are cutting back it's you know it's discretionary spend for the customers who are feeling the pinch and so they cut out things like this it's just too small to be listed i wouldn't waste your time with north coders but it has got enough cash in the bank so i don't see any solvency risk right rotala this is one of my top picks for this year that's done very very well we flagged this one. It was in my January 2023 top 20 stock picks for this year, I'm pleased to say. Very, very small bus company uh, up north, and uh, it's received a possible offer from its own directors at 63.5p. We flagged it, or I flagged it on 28th of December 2022 as a good buy only 36p. So people who followed that share idea, you've made a good 75% odd, odd, odd profit. So well done, to anyone who who grabbed the opportunity very illiquid though so it's difficult to buy so I doubt many people did buy anyway I think it's a good fair takeover offer so I would accept it if I held that uh, Rotala I think it's a good deal and well done to holders right 20th of September which was a Wednesday I looked at Naked Wines Um, it's very late March 2023 results came out uh, and it dropped eight percent to sixty four p i don 't like it it 's got big problems. we know that or we knew that already, um, and the figures don 't reassure me at all it 's massively overstocked it 's just bought way too much wine spent all the customers cash on buying wine and there 's material uncertainty and going concern basically if it can 't um, destock a, a significant amount, I think it could be in serious financial trouble. Current trading is weak, not surprisingly, because it's had to cut its marketing spend to save money. So I think it it could really be in a down um, downward self-reinforcing spiral uh, into serious trouble or even insolvency. Could be a turnaround at Naked Wines, and you know management is certainly trying hard. Um, but it looks too high risk to me at the moment. I don't want to gamble on a turnaround that may or may not happen so I'm steering clear of Naked Wines but good luck to holders, I hope you multi-bag on it it's possible anyway, next I look at new one, Big Technologies B.I.G. is the ticker now down 6% to £2.16 so quite substantial market cap £628 million. interim results what does it do? Well, its website said that it mainly did um, GPS tracking devices for pensioners so that um, Granny or Grandad doesn't go AWOL, you know where they are, and it detects if they fall. Uh, it's, a, it's something they wear around their neck or around their wrist or something. It looks a fantastic product. I'm sure there are other companies doing similar sorts of things. But anyway, big technologies, I was impressed by the numbers. It's profitable and cash-generative. Got a particularly large cash pile, it's owner-managed as well. So I think it looks quite good, but I've concluded as a recent float it, it's still too expensive, even though it's dropped a lot. Now one of the readers knows the company much better than I do. This is the first time I've reviewed it. And one of the readers said, no, Paul, actually 99% of its business is to do with the uh criminal justice system, it's tagging of criminals so you know where they are, that they don't breach exclusion zones. Um, and you can't get these things off apparently, um, and they're, they're winning contracts all over the world for the criminal uh, justice side of things because apparently their technology gives doesn't give false readings, um, you know, saying that a criminalized you know uh, violated their exclusion zone or whatever just because they happen to go into a building without Wi-Fi or something, you know. So apparently it's better than the for competitors and it's got some impressive contract wins i think the broker note said there's upside from further contract wins on it so big technologies may turn out to be not that expensive after all if it does win more contracts so anyway look overall i conclude it it looks quite potentially interesting so i've gone amber on that for the time being next i looked at accesso technologies a rather stale story i have to say acso this thing's been around for donkey's years um it does the ticketing technologies at theme parks, but also um, uh, online ticketing for other events. It's done an acquisition splurge. This is the trouble. And it's spent all its most of its cash pile. And that was one of the main things I liked about it, that it had a nice, robust balance sheet with plenty of cash. Well, it's blown it, spent it on acquisitions. Um, and growth has slowed. But the interims are the seasonally slow uh, half of the year. So I don't think you can really... Draw that much from the interim results. Anyway, £277 million market cap. I don't see any value there. So I'm amber red on Accesso. I'm afraid. Just feels a stale story now. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Finsbury Food, one of our favourite value shares. It's received a takeover bid. Recommended by management at £1.10. The bidder is DBay. Now, I've said I don't think this is a generous bid at all. It was only up 22%. ...on the announcement. It's good, solid business. Um, uh, very well managed, I think. It coped with the energy crisis, the inflation crisis, COVID and everything. It, 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 it sailed through all those uh, issues, really. And the shares have always been very cheap. The stock market just doesn't like it, even though I think it's quite a good business. It is, it is low margin, Finsbury Food, FIF. But anyway, <clears throat> it's received this bid, £1.10. It, it undervalues the company. But, you know, you get you get to cash out, don't you, at a 22% premium there could be worse things that happen. And if you reject the bid, it'll drop back down to 90p, won't it? So obviously the hope there would be that someone else might come in and improve the offer. Uh, so that's the type of situation where I think if I held, I'd probably sit tight because it wouldn't be a disaster if the bid fell through. You'd maybe give back 10 or 15%. But I think there's a good chance because the bid under- devalues it, there's a good chance a higher bid might come along. So, But anyway, look, either way, uh people have made a profit on it so that's good trust pilot graham looked at i don't get this one i really don't interims were ahead of expectations so i suppose that's good graham seems to really like this i cannot fathom why but anyway there we are so that's a rare occasion where graham is green on something i'm amber at best but the person who writes the article gets to color code it (laughs) so we're green because that's what graham wrote uh Judges Scientific, I think this was another Graham one, Interims. It's quite substantial now. Amazing company. Seriously huge multi-bagger. David Cicerols pulled off a a remarkable um, major multi-bagger at Judges Scientific by buying Cheap acquisitions in an overlooked sector where a lot of them are retirement sales. He's able to buy the businesses very cheaply, basically pay for them using their own cash flows over two or three years. So fantastic business model. Just goes to show that you know acquisitive buy and build type groups can be fabulous multi buggers if management are really good at what they're doing and they've picked a good sector. Uh, now, so we like the company, amazing track record at Judges, but the valuation's looking very rich. But we probably said that when it was about a 20th of the current price. So, But the trouble is, when you get up to, it's now 612 million market cap, it's very difficult to multibag anything from that level, isn't it? So maybe the biggest percentage gains have been had on Judges. I don't know. Now, one of my favourite ones, Warpaint W7L. This reported, what was this, on the 20th of September, interim results in line. Um, I think it's set up now to beat the full year forecasts. I had a a good Zoom with management, just 15 minutes. It's nice that a lot of the PRs are now offering me Zooms with management. I really appreciate that. Unfortunately, we have to say no to nearly all of them because we've just got such limited time to spend on each company. So I only talk to management if I really, really rate the shares, which I do with Warpaint. Um, loads of growth runway internationally was one of the points I uh, asked management about and they said yeah we agree we've only scratched the surface of some major international markets so it remains one of my favourite GARP shares thumbs up again fully priced probably around £3 I'd say but I think if you take a five year plus view it'll be a lot higher I reckon unless something goes wrong but I can't see what would because it's cheap popular products that the customers love the retailers um, They put it into the big retailers and 40, 50 trial stores. And then, before you know it, they've said, yeah, we're going to roll this out to nearly all our stores. Um, Which tells you everything you need to know, doesn't it? The product's selling. They make reasonably good margins. They spend very little on marketing, unlike a lot of higher margin makeup companies. I just think Warpate's just doing fabulously well. Really, really good management. Very accessible. They do mellow, and they come to investor. Sh- you know, they actually come to the physical show, so you can meet them. They're just hands um, hands-on entrepreneurs. Just the owner managers again. Big shareholdings. Um, they're doing a great job, I think. So we really like Warpaint. Okay, on to Thursday now. Sorry, this is taking longer than I expected. Thursday, 21st of September. I just love talking about shares. I really enjoy it. I enjoy listening to my own podcasts. How conceited is that? (laughs) I don't think there's much good small cap stuff out there, though, if I'm brutally honest. A lot of it is PR driven. You've got to remember these people are being paid money to promote stocks that are often really low quality. Whereas in my case... My clients are you, the subscribers to Stockopedia. So I'm totally neutral on everything. Obviously, if I own shares, then I'm going to be favourable towards that share. Otherwise, I wouldn't hold them. Um, and I don't think it's a problem if a commentator's own shares. It's, it's a sign of that you've got confidence in the share, surely. So I, I think it's a positive, not a negative. But obviously, you have to be very careful to give the bull and bear points on everything, particularly if you own something. You, you know, it's, it's only human nature you can... Uh, not deliberately, but you just gloss over the negatives maybe because, uh, you know, you take a positive view of the company. So it is important that um, if readers think I'm being too bullish on something I own, pull me up on it. Uh, And I always listen to what the readers say, uh, apart from if they're just being petty and abusive, which they occasionally are, the usual culprits, who seem to like uh, having a go at me in subtle ways, you know, just want to undermine me a bit. And I just think, how sad, how pathetic... You know, happy people don't do things like that, do they? So I feel sorry for them. Anyway, Thursday the 21st. Of us, thankfully, we only got two or three of those. And we've got thousands of friendly, happy, supportive people. So you've always got to remember, haven't you, online you get a little minority of sad people who like to snipe at anyone who's got a profile. Fuck them. <laughs> Pardon my French. Anyway, 21st of September, Wincanton... Uh, lovely announcement from this. One of the We like this one. It was on, on my top list for 2023. Unfortunately, it was hit with a profit warning. So that has been a drag on my performance, but not anymore. It's up 16% to £2.83, I'm pleased to say. Now, this was an update on the pension scheme, where they said that the scheme is now fully funded on an actuarial basis. That's the basis that matters, because that determines the cash injections. Now, we did actually... This was a kind of known... Uh, uh, likelihood, because we did actually flag in January 2023 um, that the pension fund was almost fully funded, because the company had told us that. Um, But it's interesting, isn't it? When the news subsequently comes through, the market acts surprise, and up it goes 16%. So that was a nice opportunity for people who stuck with it after the March uh, profit warning uh still very good, we like the company. I think it's very capable, quite low margin wincanton, and the balance sheet's still quite weak, but um, it's it's pulled off a really good turnaround actually over the last few years, and we think it's a very good company now another an- announcement from Pen- Pendragon pdg this jumped again up fourteen percent to twenty seven p as the major shareholder head in uh, gate crashes the party and with a counter proposal of a twenty eight p cash bid. Uh, which it turns out, Pendragon Management rejected. Now I said I think this is looking uh, uh, a credible alternative, maybe better than the 16p dividend and the software company change that management want to do. So I think I suspect a lot of shareholders would prefer a nice clean exit with a with a 28p um, cash bid. Although I have said I think maybe if Head in sweeten the deal, it would. Um, it would maybe succeed, which has happened since. So, now here's an interesting one for you a company called mycelex which is, oh, what's the ticker? MYX. Um, very speculative. I've bought some myself, um, tiny nano cap thing, uh, up 31% on interims. It's very volatile. Um, the, the market makers move it up and down huge amounts on just a few small individual trades. So I don't think you can glean anything from the share price chart because it just whipsaws all over the place. Now, the interims, I think, showed some signs of life. So revenues... It's still loss-making. It does water and air filtration. It's got some special patented technology, uh, which does seem to work. I mean, it's achieving, I think, gross margin of 45% on about $5 million revenues in H1. Those are just off the top of my head. I haven't got the figures in front of me. So it's a a proper business, but it is still loss-making. Smallish losses now. Uh, And I do caution, I think it looks as if it might need another fundraise. Um, but very, very bullish outlook comments. So I think have a look at my selects. It's one of my really, really speculative ideas, um, and it's uh, only for, you know, not for widows and orphans at all. But just just have a read of the R&Ss and let me know what you think. Uh, Strix, KETL, I've never liked this thing. This is the kettle controls thing that operates mainly in China, I think. It's down 40%. To 55p, but the market cap's still over 100 million, 119 million. Uh, profit warning with the interim results. Graham reviews it. Now he's gone amber on it. I think that's far too generous. I'd be red or amber red on on Strix. I've never liked it. It's got much too much in the way of gearing. Made some weird acquis- acquisitions that didn't really make sense to me. I'm I'm bearish on this one. I think something's not right with that share. I don't like Strix phonics mobile love this share i'm green on this one this was thursday the 21st of september i must get management on for a ceo interview actually i think they're very capable i had a zoom with management when it originally floated and i thought gosh this chap seems switched on what a nice business model anyway i haven't put a foot wrong since they're listed um 191 million market cap for Phonics Mobile. Full year June 2023 results I reviewed. I really, really like these numbers. It's a high-margin, high-quality business. Uh, it's got. Um, it does the phone-in services for things like I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, uh, X Factor, Children in Need. You know, whenever you have to text a number or ring the number to vote for something, it'll probably be Phonics Mobile. Uh, running the, 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 all the tech behind it. They seem to be the market leader in the UK. Now, interestingly enough, international expansion is where it's starting to get interesting. Um, it's just launched in Ireland and it's had tremendous success. In its first year in Ireland, um, it's grown um, the whole group by 10% by bolting on Ireland and taking into account the fact the Irish economy is a good bit, obviously, a lot smaller than, the population size is much smaller than the UK. Um, just bolting on a a relatively small territory like Ireland and increasing the whole group phonics results by 10%, I think is tremendously bullish. And they're now saying in the commentary, look, we're looking at other international markets, which we can do with very little expenditure. Uh, It basically uses the same tech that's cloud-based, based in the UK, um, and they can just leverage that. Uh, they don't need boots on the ground particularly, or not many. So they're saying they can do international expansion at Phonics Mobile cheaply and easily. That could transform it, couldn't it? So now David Streder asked me when I mentioned this on Mellow the other day, uh, how are they doing the international expansion? Have they got boots on the ground? Do they get relationships with the TV companies? I don't know. I, I, I should try and find out, shouldn't I? Um, so if anybody knows how they're doing the international expansion at Phonics, um, flag it up let me know, I think that's something I can ask the CEO about if he'll agree to be subjected to an interview by me at some point when I get back to the UK so um, it's expensive, Phonics Mobile is, but I think it's worth it it pays out all its profits as dividends the cash flow statement is just a thing of beauty, Uh, hardly any capital required, it's a know-how tech business that just generates oodles of cash flow and pays it out as dividends, what could be better? Right, on to Friday then, the 22nd of September, Aquis Exchange. This is the uh, little um, stock exchange in the UK that is below aim. Uh, it's been through all sorts of iterations over the year, plus markets. Uh, oh, God, there are about five different versions of it. It's never worked in the past. But actually, Aquis Exchange, I looked at the interims. I'm keeping an open mind about this. I'm not going to condemn it. Uh, I'm amber on Aquis. Um, it's modestly profitable. The balance sheet's okay, it's got net cash, and they've got some quite interesting products. It's not just a stock exchange, it's, it's got doing some innovative stuff, which I think looks quite interesting. Um, and if it manages to attract some decent companies to float, then it's not all rubbish on Aquis, it's got some quite decent companies listed on it. Um, let's keep an open mind. And see and we'll monitor it now next nxt the clothing uh, behemoth 9.3 billion not a small cap but i like to look at next trading updates profit guidance raised again consumers are more resilient than they expected and cost inflation is easing so i think that's pretty encouraging what's interesting isn't it in recessions in downturns like we're seeing at the moment the strong companies stay strong don't they And it makes sense if you stop and think about it, doesn't it? What do we, either personally or if we're running companies, what do we cut back on? It's the kind of marginal things, isn't it? The things that are nice to have or that you spend when you're confident and you've got a bit of surplus cash. It's those sorts of things um, that suffer in a downturn, isn't it? Companies that are supplying good products at reasonable prices tend to sail through downturns, I think. And that's exactly what's happening with Next. Such a well-run company. Um, But I'm only amber on it because I think the price is probably about right. Next, I had a look at Cooth. This is the mental health app which won an extraordinary uh, large contract in California. Very unusual for a British company to win a big US contract. Now, interims... I've said here the interim results are almost irrelevant because the future and the valuation of the shares at £112 million market cap at 3 pounds five. It's all about um, what happens in America with this Californian contract rollout. It raised some cash to fund the, uh, the the initial losses on that contract. So it's really a binary bet on how the US contract works and if they're able to get repeat contracts maybe in America in other American states. So it could be interesting, but really too speculative for us at this stage. What else have we got on Friday? We've got DFS. Now I'm amber red on this again. Terrible, terrible balance sheet. What are they doing? Crazy, reckless strategy. They've maxed out their bank borrowings to pay dividends and buybacks in an economic downturn where profits have halved. Stupid, stupid decisions by management. There, it's like they're living in a parallel universe. Why would you risk the risk the company just to pay dividends? When you out out of bank borrowings why are the banks happy to lend to them to do buybacks and and dividends despite performance being poor so I I can't get my head around it it's a pity because I think DFS is fundamentally a good business it's got big market share something like 40% of the UK furniture market great business actually Um, but it's the financing structure this reckless strategy of borrowing heavily and of course they're paying a lot of interest now on these borrowings so the whole thing is really is predicated on performance improving which it might well do because of course the freight costs are now so much cheaper aren't they for moving large heavy items bringing them in internationally so I, look i you know it could well survive and prosper dfs might but it's very high risk and i don't know why management have taken those extraordinary risks that seems crazy to me but anyway it could be all fine Who knows? Now, here's an interesting little one for you before that's actually been a mystery share a few months ago. It's called CT Automotive. Ticket is CTA. Uh, 34 million market cap. It rose 13% on good interim results. Uh, It's an impressive turnaround. Almost went bust in the pandemic. Uh, It supplies low-cost components for um, major vehicle manufacturers. And, of course, when their demand dried up because of the semiconductor shortage... Meaning that car production reduced drastically. CT Automotive um, almost went under. But anyway, it raised um, an equity placing just to just to you know cover the losses. Basically, it hasn't actually improved the balance sheet. Um, but the shares look really cheap now. I think it could be a nice trade that one for a rebound. Now, Digital Box don't like this one. Now, I've only even though there's only four million market cap now. The shares have really crapped out. I mention it because I think there's worrying comments in its trading update for read across to other digital marketing companies. What Digital Box does is it runs apps, at, um, it runs at websites, which uh, uh, like it does. Which what's the one? Um, Oh, to the Daily Mash, which has got a very particular style of humor, which is quite funny for a while, but then you get bored with it i found but it 's all to get eyeballs on the the pages and they earn ad revenues from Google and Facebook anyway. Digital Boxer says that Google and Facebook have reined in um, the money they pay out to digital marketing companies because they're focusing on building their own revenues and keeping people on on their own websites rather than feeding them through to other websites and, and paying money out to those other websites. Now, that has obvious read-across, I would, I would suggest, for lots of online marketing companies. The Lad Bible Group, LBG, I think it is, is the obvious one, isn't it? I would steer well clear of that. I think that's got profit warning written all over it. Um, the... Um, the other things like Excel Media might be impacted by that. I generally, all those online marketing companies is a horrible sector. Something always seems to go wrong. And they're not in control of their own destiny, so I just wouldn't touch any of them. Right, what do we look at next? Brymar Shipping. Now, the shares are still suspended, but it put out a reassuring update. Should be coming back from suspension in October. So then we'll find out what on earth has been going on there, because they've been having this big investigation into historic transactions. Um, some of the readers have suggested maybe uh, there might be um, something fraudulent might have gone on in the past requiring a big investigation we don't really know but anyway the update sounded reassuring so I think it is going to come Brymall should come back from suspension imminently finally I looked at Mother Care oh this is dreadful I'm afraid 4.3p full year March results are very late figures Uh, just awful I think the equity is probably worth nothing on Mother Care Um, The trouble is it's got debt problems. I think it's going to have to refinance again. And it's um, got a cash-hungry pension scheme. And trading's deteriorating with its franchisees. It's now a franchise business. Light on capital. I think it's going nowhere, so I I would not be tempted to bottom fish on Mother Care. If you do, just be aware you could easily lose all your money. Okay, that's it. So that brings us up to date to the 22nd of September. What I'll do tomorrow, which is Sunday the the 1st of October, I'll record episode 39, which will then bring us fully up to date after my... um, Period of illness, Um, so I'm looking forward to getting up to date. Okay, thanks very much for listening, thanks very much for all your excellent read, nearly all excellent reader comments, and uh, I look forward to uh, speaking to you again tomorrow. Okay, bye for now, bye!